Hello and welcome to episode 24 of What Most People Think. How are you? How is your How is your year started? Have you Have you, uh, have you got you gone into it with a real buzz on? Have you? You just got this new fucking vibe. Yeah, I'm just I'm just really feeling really sparky. Or are you like me? I was lucky enough. I had a long break off at of Christmas. Uh, I went on holiday to Cape Verde. Right, get me. I'm doing all right. All these low-paid appearances on news channels. They they add up. And then, you know, within like four working days, I look like shit again. Uh, and do you ever have that where you like, you just feel so revived and stuff. And then just like within four days, you're sitting in your motor in a traffic jam and it's pissing down with rain. And you just think, wow, that was, uh, feels like another fucking era. But, uh, but look, I'm not complaining. Well, I am. But I uh, had a good holiday with the family out in Cape Verde. But I managed to do a, a monumental fuck up on the way back when we were leaving you know when you're leaving and you've got a kid, it all gets really confusing. I mean, essentially all you're doing is is leaving a hotel room, but it just gets really militaristic. Right, have we checked this? We've got the bags, we've got the passports, we've got the kid. Yeah, we've got the kid. Probably should have checked that first. Uh, and then we'd left the car keys in the safe, right? Now, I had taken a set of keys out of the safe. It transpired that I may not have taken the set of keys out of the safe. And it really was my jurisdiction was uh, the, the car keys from the safe. That was, that was my job, and I didn't remember them. And then I sort of, as we were boarding the plane, I realised I'd fucked up. So as well as it being a really packed fight, flight full of... Full of um, um, I, I, I sort of had the knowledge that I'd messed up quite badly, and then when we got to Birmingham Airport, we were going to have to get a taxi home. <laughs> so really, as you can imagine, that that impinged upon my... Just just enjoy the schadenfreude, all right? If you're a bloke with a family, you didn't do this, I fucking did it. Uh, so I had to kind of sit on that knowledge and, uh, yeah, and then, then break the good news <laughs> while I standing a baggage reclaim. You know, when I, so it's already a stressful enough experience. It's something about baggage reclaim, isn't it, at the end of a flight, especially when you're traveling with family. It just, just feels like a fuck you, little little bit of icing on the fuck you cake. So if you're new to the podcast, um, it is sort of like, yeah, I'm just an ordinary bloke. Do you know what I mean? Voted conservative, voted leave got slightly well apparently I've got slightly tabloidy sensibilities and by by tabloidy sensibilities I mean you know those papers that sell the most <laughs> you know the ones that actually chime with most people's opinions so that's what I have and apparently that's uh, that's a bad thing so I'm just trying to come at it from a reasonable um normal person stance and in this episode we're looking at a few things we're looking obviously at Megxit and obviously um you know the whole issue over Megan and and how, whether it's possible to dislike her for reasons that are non-racist or misogynist. We'll also be looking at um, the Manchester grooming scandal. Not the funniest of subjects I'll give you, but... And uh, we're looking at the Labour leadership on a more comedy note, right? Uh, we'll be looking at that, and as usual, we'll be doing the, um, we'll be doing the, the letters and the hypothetical fight. So uh, just before that, we're just going to do the thank yous and the fuck yous. I want to say thank you, and this is going to sound like arse kissing, but I want to say thank you to my wife for not throwing me under a bus with the whole car keys thing in front of my son, because I'm already getting a lot of the silly daddy stuff. You, you a dad, do you get this? Silly daddy, silly daddy, and you sort of think, yeah, you know, I'm kind of uh, kind of breadwinner. You know, it's um, not that silly, is it? But yeah, okay, silly daddy, I'm, I'm the kind of uh, comedy fool guy here. But she, in the moment, she could have just, you know, within a right said, you know, your dad's a fucking idiot. 
and uh, consequently it's ruined the end of a holiday. But she 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 very much didn't throw me uh, under a bus. I got to say fuck you to the guy on the flight behind us, right? So we're sitting there, and this guy he put his foot, you know, the gap through where the seats are. He put his feet up there. So I'm sitting there, and I keep seeing this little white thing out of the corner of my eyes. It's, it's this prick's big toe. It's such a massive shout. Isn't it? Such a massive, you know, like maybe I was getting a bit territorial, but I thought, I thought, okay, right, this is quite a serious incursion into what is already quite a small area that we're dealing with. You know, say when you're on flights, that happens. Everything kind of like boils down to really tiny things. Like you ever notice that with your partner where kind of like you've finished your lunch and stuff and they're eating, you just sort of think, is all right, if I put some of my stuff on your thing so I can relate. Hey, fuck you, will you put, you know, we're all. We all got eyes out as to when our little uh, food trays are going to get taken away, so we can we can we can stretch out and uh, luxuriate in that extra foot and a half that we've got. So for this little prick to be putting his feet behind it, and he might be going, "Yeah, I'm actually a really tall man." Okay, do you know what that is? That is your problem. Okay, t- tall guys, you fucking you get the benefits of that at the rest of the time in society, don't you? You know, saw the first episode, new series of Love Island. They're like, oh, I want someone tall, dark, and handsome. Well, you know what? If you get that, then you know what. You know what the kickback of that is. Is sometimes you're on flights, you fucking hype freak. You're gonna just have to sit there and keep your stinky big fucking toes to yourself. Okay, so Meghan Markle. I uh, turns out I'm a racist. Guys, because um, I don't, I don't like Meghan Markle that much, and apparently, that that is automatically makes you some sort of racist. Um, yeah, with Meghan, it was, it was amazing, wasn't it, that it suddenly came down to this? Uh, because it's not like there was any examples in the royal family before of the uh, the wives getting vilified, was there? It's not like Sarah Ferguson got a bit of a hard time for the press; they fucking hated her. And it was exactly the same format, wasn't it? There was like you know Charles and Di at the picture book wedding, and then Andrew. And Ferguson with a sort of like, you know, romantic runts of the litter. And then, you know, like, uh, you know, come down a generation, Wills and Kate are that. And then obviously Harry and Meghan get more stick. I'm not saying it makes it right. Some of the way that the tabloid have gone when they compare those Kate and Meghan headlines, I, I don't dispute whatsoever that, that you know, they go over the top and they do seem to have given Meghan a particularly hard time. But, but when it comes to the British public, I just, I, I don't think it is a reaction. I think that you watch people in, in interviews and, and you come to a judgment, right? You just think, uh, yeah, that's not my kind of thing. My issue, right? So I, mean, I remember I was in a relationship once, right? She just strikes me as one of those women where, like, she doesn't really, she's not into the family thing and stuff. And I, bet, I just think she strikes me as the kind of person that taps out of a lot of family dudes. Do you know what I mean? Like, she's due to come and then, then Harry rocks up and they're, they're all looking over his shoulder, you know, he's in, no, 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 Megan. And then it's always like that she's ill. You know, one of those women, like, yeah, yeah, she's, um, yeah, she's still not well at all, man. She's still not well at all. Yeah, she's, uh... and you know, with that horrible thing where the family then have to act like they, they believe it on any level. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, there is, there is a bad bug going around. My whole life, there's been a bug going around. Has there, has there ever been a time in human history when there wasn't a bug going around? There's a lot of it. Yeah, there's a lot of it going around, you know, like bacteria, that thing that that's probably predates fucking everything. Um, the other one that gets me, just as a little sidebar, is you know when people like, because we're still at that part of the year where everyone's got a cold. I don't know about you, I seem to have had a cold since about October. It might be fucking cancer. Um, but it's people when people say, oh, I've got your cold. Hmm? I've got your cold. You're like, no, you haven't got my cold. I'm not like some fucking uh, 
crazed scientist in a lab just cooking up. It's not like Outbreak, you know, where someone just for the US military actually created a, a bug. I wasn't, do you know what I mean? I wasn't in my office. Just, you, I've got your, I've got your cold. They, they're just angry about having a cold and they want someone to blame. But yeah, so then, you know, when Megan's not there and they have to go, oh, well, yeah, do send her our love. Do send her our love. And she's just, you know, she are, they are very, very close. And he, he strikes me as wishing to please her. I mean, that clip, right? That clip of him with Bob Iger from Disney, where he sort of says, uh, they do, they're just meeting and greeting. And he goes, oh, yeah, she, she, she does a lot of voiceover. Actually, she does a lot of voiceover. Do you know that? I just thought, oh, my God, you just, you just suddenly got a sense that Harry is going to be saying a lot of that stuff for, like, for the rest of his life professionally pimping out his wife's voiceover skills um you know a lot of people say oh you're such a cynical for you you know he's just a young man he loves his wife i love my wife do you know what i mean i'm not fucking acting like her agent i don't know maybe i'm cynical I, like i say i don't like i don't dislike megan especially she just strikes me she reminds me of a kind of woman i guess it's nothing it's nothing to do with race or it's nothing to do with misogyny she just reminds me of a certain kind of woman that I've known in my life it couldn't be more parochial than it is and then in fairness you know Harry has a history of doing things his own way he um I mean if you look at his history you know like in his mind the press and the British establishment killed his mum right that's how he sees it because it because it happened before he could really you know there was no nuance in his mind that would be how you see it so in a way like it's amazing that it's taken him this long to rebel in a way i would have been if i was the mod giving him an apache helicopter you know we know we absolutely sure he's not going to just turn this and you know fucking shoot up the mall um you know and just go down fleet street fucking strafing machine gun fire there with uh, rupert murdoch fucking ducking you know diving into the bushes so I'm not against, you know, against them as obviously the way that they handled it with the Queen. I think everyone said that was that was that was poor. That was a poor show. Do you know what I mean? Like if you just bring it down to the level of like, uh, look, there's something and it's important to your nan. You know, do do you show uh, that courtesy? But who knows? Who knows got what goes on uh, behind those closed doors? But he does. He one of the issues here is that he is, uh, you know, he's a, he's a six point five and she's a ten. And yeah, and I know some people go like, oh, but, but Harry's better than 6.5 look 6.5 is not bad for a ginger yeah not bad not bad at all she's a 10 so he just wants to stay in that game right because he's outperforming his genetics not just he is like every time they sleep he must be like, how the fuck am i doing this oh, i will do anything i will do i'll leave i'll leave the royal family i'm gonna live in fucking ottawa wherever that is uh and and we you know again it comes down to personal experience where i've had mates you know, when they start dating a woman that's, you know, probably possibly too good for them, um, they'll kind of toe the line. They'll toe the line. Have you ever seen that when a, like a, a mate has been comprehensively restyled by his missus? You ever seen that? Where like he just turns up to the pub one day and he like he's he's got a new look going on. She hasn't just like suggested a couple of t-shirts from he has been fucking restyled. You know, like it's like he's been on queer eye for the straight guy. And he, he comes in, and the thing is, because he knows it's fucked up, he's like, he he looks self-conscious, like, he looks, and, it, you know, he's a bit previous in defending himself, like, all right, like, he, he knows the comments coming, and and of course it would, because he's wearing a fucking turtleneck, right? And you're like, um, yeah, what's, uh, what's going on with a turtleneck, Dave? He's like, you don't fucking so immature yet. <laughs> and he just... Because deep down he knows he's 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 a pussy, you know. He's he's just completely whipped. But but yeah, you know, like ultimately, 
of course it's their choice to, to, to go their own way. I'm not fucking paying for any of that. I'm not paying for any of that. I did think that was, uh, that was odd was they said about, you know, we still collaborate with the Queen. She's the fucking Queen, man. Collaborate. This isn't like, you know, you're not doing like, a, you're not adding people on your YouTube channels or just mentioning them in your fucking Insta story. This is the Queen. She's one of the greatest people who's ever lived. She's, she's been a monarch for a fucking ever. Yeah, we'll do, we'll do the odd collab with the Queen. So it's just handled badly. It was just handled badly. And, you know, it, it, as dumb as, like, like is it, the reasons that people take against Meghan, like, my reason is completely emotional, isn't it? It's completely sentimental reaction based on people that I know. Equally, like, you just know the people that are going to be supportive of Meghan and Harry. It's, an, it's another one of those symptoms of the culture war, isn't it? Like, you just kind of know, in a way, that people that... People that voted Remain were a lot more likely to be supportive of Harry and Meghan leaving the royal family. Ironically, because obviously leaving the royal family involves huge cost, uh, risk, <laughs> and institutional implications. But like, yeah, I just think it's great. Yeah, I just think, yeah, good for them. Good for them. You know, good for them. What they mean is like, we've lost a lot of things in the culture war recently. This feels like a fuck you back the other way. So I think what most people think, right, is that, you know, good luck to them. I'm not going to pay for it, but maybe just treat the Queen with a bit, you know, just a little bit more fucking respect. So this is, uh, this next subject, I'm not, I'm not going to talk about it for long because it's not an obviously comedic subject, is um, is the Manchester grooming scandal. I mean, it's just the more you read about it, it, it it's shocking, right? Um, <clears throat> shocking is upsetting to be, you know, to be failed by this group of, I think they're, they're racist paedophiles, what they are. I don't understand. I think it sound grooming gang almost lets them off lightly for what they are. They systematically went after young women because they were white. Women under legal age, girls under legal age because they're white. So that's racist. But, you know, there's a lot of people that seem to say that if you're, you know, non-white people can't be racist. Well, I don't know what could be more racist than, than this, right? But what is so odd, you know, and in a period where we've had uh, discussion about you know the misogyny and the racism shown to Meghan Markle, and um, that this is the, the the usual suspects in terms of talking about feminism and sexism are quiet on this. And I know it's a bit of a cliche to use this sort of what aboutery, but genuinely, where is the discourse on this from the the artistic and creative world? You know, I'm not I'm not the right person to talk about this. You know, I I don't know as much. I'm not. Yeah, you know. I, I just think it's... And what will happen? And what will happen is, you know, they moan about the far right bringing up grooming gangs all the time. Well, you know, if if you had more to say about this issue, then maybe they wouldn't be able to own this part of the debate. And yet it just time and time again, it is it is silent. And I just find it fucking weird, you know? And, and another thing that I think it points out, you know, the way this has happened and the scandal, like institutionally, the way this has occurred is is, is astonishing. You look at... And people say, you know, they sometimes mock the phrase political correctness gone mad. Oh, oh yeah, it's political correctness gone mad, is it? We go, well, yeah, this, these examples, this Rotherham is an example that political correctness can go mad. It can lose its fucking mind to the point where it thinks, well, we'd rather than cause a stir or stir up racial tension, we're going we're gonna to actually overlook the systematic abuse of... you of young girls is is frankly fucking astonishing and i think the inquiry into this when you look at the numbers involved and the scale of it 
and the cover-up, I, I just think that the, the inquiry should be huge because people are being fucking let down. You know, and I'm, I'm sorry, that I'm not that educated or, or equipped to talk about something like this, but you know, the other thing is, I hope I'm not the only one. Okay, so that was a bit heavy. Uh, why don't we lighten things by me uh, me touting my fucking torsos again? Should I do that? It's been a while since I've done that. There's uh, we, we start again next week. I'm at Newcastle. That is that's selling really well. Uh, Norwich selling great, and then there's there's a couple where we've got a good start, and I'd love to see more people in the room. Uh, Bridport on 21st of February, uh, Lyme Regis 22nd. It turns out there's only 10 miles between them, so. Uh, Scheduling wise, that'll be interesting. Uh, Colchester Arts Centre. Uh, last time I was there, we got nearly three hundred in, um, but I'm back there on Sunday, the twenty third of February, and that's really starting to tick over now. Uh, Chester, I haven't mentioned this. I'm in Fe- Chester, uh, Alexander's Live on Thursday, the twenty seventh of February. It's a nice, compact uh, little compact. That's fucking estate agents be, isn't it? <laughs> it's really, really nice, bijou, compact, vibrant little room there. But it's a good room for comedy, and they have comedy there all the time. Uh, Bromsgrove, uh, Bromsgrove is actually selling really well. Actually, it's the other point in Bromsgrove on the 4th of March. If you want tickets, get them soon. I'm in Stourport. I mentioned Stourport. I'm still looking for evidence that it's a place that people live in. It's Verwood. I've gone on about Verwood. Verwood's fucking streets on. Verwood turns out it's either a real place or everyone's fucking in on the blag. And now people are actually buying lots of tickets for the venue just to make me look like a dick. Uh, there's Wrexham on the 7th of March. Uh, looking to get, looking forward to getting back to Wales. The Epsom Playhouse, uh, Thursday the twelfth of March. Now the thing is, the so the uh, Leicester Square Theatre date on the twenty third of April is very close to selling out now. So that's another option if you live in South London. Is you might be, you might find it easier to get the tickets or exactly the tickets you want uh, at uh, the Epsom Playhouse on the twelfth of March, twenty uh, second of March. The Goldbeckian Theatre. Uh, Canterbury, I think we're uh, yeah we're well underway with tickets there, but it's uh, we, we've stepped up the size of the room in Canterbury, so it'd be good to see people down there. It's weirdly long fucking way away, isn't it, Canterbury? It's just it's just longer than always longer than you think, right? I know people from Canterbury go longer longer through. It's not longer for me. I think I just I just I always surprised at how fucking long uh, it, it takes me to get there and how shit the service stations are on the way. Sorry, Kent. And then Saturday the fourth of April. Exeter, the Northcott Theatre. That's selling well. Uh, we could definitely do with more in the room. And it's called the Northcott Theatre. Northcott at the Northcott. All right, so let's get back to the comedy. Or should I say the Labour Leadership Contest? Oh, my God. Did you see that? Did you see that poll? It looks like Rebecca Long-Bailey. Um, she, could, she could win. She, in the first and second preferences polled by Servation, um, that she, she would win, you know. <laughs> and I don't want to say I'm a soothsayer, but I said the day after the election that they'll probably have to go through a Rebecca Long-Bailey before they get their Keir Starmer. And, you know, it's like the Labour Party now. Do you remember, do you remember that period with indie bands in the 80s where they just none of them wanted success? Before the whole Britpop thing happened, there was a lot of fucking shoegazing, wasn't there? You know, like, like bands like Pulp, you know, they spent, spent a long time kind of like averting success. Um, and, and it seems like that's the phase, the phase that they're, they're going through now. It's like, you, you know, they're just kind of fucking noodling away in the corner. Um, but having said that, like, I think that the fuss that the centrists are making about Keir Starmer 
He's a bit excessive. I mean, like he, they, they make out he's like really so, so intelligent, and he's been trying to play up his uh, his working class credentials. You know, where his dad was a toolmaker, and was, the only thing that he looks like he makes now, Keir Starmer is like like um, pasta from scratch. <laughs> like if you if you knew nothing about Keir Starmer, right? They just showed you a photo of him. You go, well, I guess he looks like he spends decent money on coffee, doesn't he? <laughs> He looks like that guy, just likes a good coffee, you know, just really likes to make his own espressos. He's, um, I, know, I, make no, I make no excuse for, um, for cut, you know, for going at them based on the, you know, appearance. I think that, um, yeah, it's so mad. It's so mad. Like, a, just look at Rebecca Long Bailey and just say, Prime Minister. It's just not, it's just not there. But what, it's because she's a woman. She, yeah, she just doesn't strike me as Prime Minister. I'll tell you who, who would have been good, right? I'll tell you someone who does actually capture some of the skills of all of the um, the best points of the candidates is Caroline Flint from Don Valley, you know? She's been around. She's got a lot of experience. Uh, you know, she's had experience under different Labour administrations. She's actually held a post in government. But that would be like, you know, to the indie sh- shoe guys, they'd be like, well, you fucking sell out. What? You actually had power. Yeah, right. So she... You know, she showed herself with Brexit to be in touch with the, you know, the Labour heartlands. But of course, they never fucking want someone like her because she's competent. You know, they, they think you got the one side, you know, looking at uh, Jess Phillips. Jess Phillips, the lovies like Jess Phillips, don't they? Because they make her feel good because they sort of, uh, she represents a version of working class character that, that, that they like. You know, just just honest, just and solid. You know, Jess Phillips, you know, I'll tell you something, bubs. All right. You know me, I'm fucking real, mate. I've got, I've got a soul. I've got a soul. So they like her. She, I think she's going to be like the Roy Stewart. Do you remember Roy Stewart in the um, conservative race? All the metropolitan types were like, I just think I really like that guy. You know, it's really weird because he's Tory. I just really like him. You know, why can't he be leader? He goes, fucking get outside the M25, man. That guy's never playing out. But, you know, so Jess Phillips, I'd say arguably he's got more broader appeal. But the fucking, the party hater. The fucking party hater because they're beset by all these, these these factions, you know what I mean? They're just like, it's like Captain America's Civil War every day in the Labour Party. I remember when they said a while ago, do you remember they said like a, you know, Brexit will? Everyone's so certain Brexit will tear the Tory party apart. And it, and it, it did pull at the seams, but I'd say it's nothing to what it has done to the Labour Party. Do you know what I mean? It is an anal fissure. <laughs> what a gross. But they, it is, they just can't reconcile it. You got the simple thing, is, you know, the parliamentary party are these essentially quite centrist, and then the membership are this nutty band of fucking doomsday cultists. <laughs> you know, they're just like, I would rather, they'd rather have principled opposition. Um, and they'd also, you know, a lot of people saying, well, you know, we need it to be a woman this time. And you think, I, I do understand the historical need for it to be that, but equally, um, equally, isn't it better, like, you just have the best candidate to beat the Tories... Isn't it? Isn't it better for that? Like you know, you go. Well, what's more important? Like it's just basically getting the monkey off your back, <laughs> or, or 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 getting the apparently. Apparently, the Tories are evil, by the way. You know, so I would think that getting an evil regime, you know, defeating the first order, if that's the way you see it, would be the first thing. Not 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 whether or not it's fucking Princess Leia or Han Solo in charge. What it's like, right? Is like you know if a player is a good uh, good batsman right or bats person yeah no batsman and and hasn't hasn't got a hundred you know but you need to declare and the player is playing you don't make that sort of sacrifice you fucking declare 
and you beat the opposition because that is the main point. It's not about personal fucking uh, milestones. So, but it seems that it seems that not only could um, Rebecca Long Bailey, I've got sorry. I'm look if you are a left wing person or Labour person, I'm sorry for laughing, but it could be <laughs> it could be Long Bailey and Bergen. <laughs> that is, I mean, as I said that in my mind was going Long Bailey and Bergen. Long Bailey and Bergen. And, and also it came out today that Rebecca Long Bailey um, seems to have agitated for for a, a restricting or, or view of abortion, you know? And you think, like, from the left's point of view, if you're a left-wing feminist or whatever, it's like they just can't catch a break. You know, you think, all right, all right, maybe she could be leader. She is a woman. Great. All right, she's a woman. Yeah, we could get with that. And then she's, you know, perhaps got slightly more traditional views on abortion. They just feel like, um, they do feel, to use another cricket analogy, they feel like the England cricket team in the 90s, just completely, it's like, it's just not their time. It's just not their time. It's, it's just going to, things are going to fuck up, no matter what happens. You know, there's going to be fucking batting collapses, you know, fucking weird runouts and stuff, like, you know, tensions within the team. It's just it's just an era of luck and, and, and bad planning and some players retiring that shouldn't have done and some players going on way too fucking long, Right? Way much longer the, than they should have. But, but one of the things that the left have got to do is they've got to stop fighting moral opponents, right? Because there's still, you know, I was doing penalised politics the other day and Emily Thornberry was on it. And it was really interesting being in a room with someone like that who is a real player. Do you know what I mean? When they come in, they've got political clout. I mean, she's not doing very well in the leadership uh, race. That must piss her off. Do you know what I mean? When you've clearly got the fucking CV and stuff you do, but she's just pissed off too many people along the way. One thing I thought about Emily Thornberry, she looks like she could arm wrestle. Just sidebar, she looks... I Just being in the room with her, I was like, you know one of those women that you get a bit drunk and they kind of hustle you into it and shame you in front of your friends? I just... I, Emily Formby looked like she could throw down like fucking Stallone and over the top. But, uh, but yeah, Emily Formby said that, the, you know, the Labour Party, the only one that can deliver... Uh, the only party that can deliver a compassionate and fair Britain. And I was just thought, they're still, still stuck in that thing that they're the good guys, you know? And I know I wang, wang on about this all the time and the whole Jedi versus Sith thing and... But they, they really, because they, if you're fighting moral opponents, right, you're not, you're not always fighting political opponents, aren't you? You know what I mean? You're not actually seeing the game as it, as it is. And I think that that is one of the, it just, it totally lags pragmatism, doesn't it? And this comes down to ultimately one of the issues of whatever, what makes you left wing or what makes you right wing. One of the main things that I think makes me right wing is that I see the world as it is, not as I fantasise about, about it being. Whereas left-wingers will often see the world as they wish it to be, you know, which is it's not a bad thing. But it sometimes comes unstuck pragmatically. And I'll give you an example of that, is that Rebecca Long-Bailey and Richard Bergen could be leading the Labour Party into the local elections later this year. Fucking hell. <laughs> Uh, just a quick bit of bollocks. Um, what the fuck happened to um, antioxidants? <laughs> Do you remember that? Like about a year or so ago on every advert. Yeah, it's high in antioxidants. I, ne- I never worked out what the fuck antioxidants were, but I sort of thought I was, I need to up it. I need to up my intake because, um, you know, it's everywhere in the advert. And then all of a sudden, antioxidants have just disappeared as a subject. And I, I, I want to know why. What's happened? Is there is there like some sort of world antioxidant shortage you know, and they, they just don't think that we're ready to deal with the implications of it. And they're just, you know, they're just they're just keeping it stunned for the people. Like, you know, when they suppress details of JFK getting shot, 
Is it like that? You know, because do you think like whole grain? It's, it's, got, it's the whole grain. You, got, you never really establish if that's not. Is that a good thing? I don't know. Someone's told me that it's the whole grain. I don't. I don't. I don't know if this is a good thing. They're just these stupid fucking trends that they come out with every, everyone. You know, just to just to keep selling you fucking crisps, right? I love it. I love it when they they dig into um. They dig into a product and they just tell you what's already in there. Like someone, so they realise that the health fad is becoming a thing, and they go, oh, "Fuck, man! What have Twiglets got in them? What have Twiglets? What are they, are they whole grain? Like, it's fucking going that. They're whole grain. Twiglets. Uh, you sit just to double check. We they're already whole, fucking brilliant. Whole grain. That's why people should eat Twiglets because of the grain. It's whole. Twiglets are though. I know it's over Christmas. They are like um. You know when you you know when you're like the the kind of Overton window of what you're eating over Christmas changes so much. You're eating so much fucking chocolate and processed meat that you actually eat a twiglet for the fibre. <laughs> you start to think of twiglets as as roughage. You know I uh, oh, I put on fucking weight over Christmas, and I tell you something like all like all things with age, it just gets harder to shift. I I just I could tell my wife right we got on holiday. And she, she, she stared at my stomach. Do you know what I mean? Like, it was, it was shocking to her. And one of the things with me when I, when I put on weight is like, and maybe this is true of a lot of people, but this, maybe it's just something like a fat guy say, right? And my, if I become that unwittingly, it's like, it's like, you know, my chest doesn't get fat and my arms, legs, everything, you know, my face, my stomach, it just, it looks, you know, that pregnant kind of, look, it's such a bad look on a, on a, on a bloke, isn't it? And I think blokes kind of try and kid themselves with this um, this dad bod thing. That's just utter bollocks, isn't it? You know, actually, dad bods, women find dad bods really sexy. No, no, w- women find dad bods fucking reassuring. Yeah, they think, well, definitely, if you're married to a guy with dad, dad bod, no one else is fucking him. Do you know what I mean? You don't have to worry about, admittedly, you're not, you're not going to want to fuck him either, but you don't need to worry about where he is later at night because no one wants to fucking bounce up and down off that. <laughs> You know, unless he's particularly powerful, you know, you, you could you could fucking lock him in a room with every receptionist that he works with, and you know they you know that they're just going to confide in him. <laughs> you know, you hit that age where you realise because uh, I'm in my early forties now. I just suddenly started having conversations with women where I realised because because they know that I've been married like uh, fifteen years and I've got a kid. They just I'm just safe now. Do you know what I mean? The other one is like like if a woman sort of gets changed around you. You know, you in your twenties, you'd have thought, "What a come on that is." Well, you realize in your forties, that is just like they're they're probably not even registering you as a sexual. <laughs> they not only that, they're not even seeing you as a sexual thing. They, they think that even if you were some fucking wrong, and they could probably they could probably restrain you until the police arrived, <laughs> right? So, uh, but look, I'm, I I think that the way that I'm gonna um, I'm gonna sort out my weight is I'm gonna get back on the antioxidants. I'm gonna find out what they are, and I'm gonna eat some. Okay, letters. They are letters. They're not emails. They're letters. Okay. First up is Chris B. Chris B says, I'm a Brit living abroad, married to a German partner. And as such, we mostly watch, listen to media, UK output. What, you're not watching those German sitcoms? That's, wow. You're missing out, buddy. Um, What she's finding it hard to understand is this sudden media fixation on the UK system uh, being systematically racist. What's your take on where we are with this? I mean, look, I one, one thing is, it's odd that I, you know, whatever I say, there'll be a group of people that will think that I've got no skin in the game. I can't possibly have a view on this because I'm a white man 
and I'm going out of my white eyes, just looking at the world through whiteness. I I think that I I think that. I just think things have improved a lot and I think it's a real shame same with like the improvements with global poverty isn't it that we never seem able to celebrate that right there is a problem with the liberal side of cat catastrophizing stuff you know what I mean always the fucking Cassandras and you know if you if you could characterize the liberal view it would often be it's bad and it's going to get worse right now and what I think is there are signs of systematic racism but they're the ones that get discussed the least like for example um, you know, if you have an obviously uh, non-white skin name like Mohammed or a, a West African first name, there is proof that you will be uh, less likely to get through the first stage of a job application. Now, there's some places that have quotas that it might actually make you more likely, but across the board, that was proved to be true, right? So I think that is that is completely fucking legit and, and needs to be addressed. But but you know, when, when it comes down to like you know, we're only discussing this because because Megan's portrayal. In, in the media, I think it's a shame because like so many valid arguments on the left, they just get spaffed on the rocks of, of frivolity. Um, yeah, I, but one thing I do think, and when I did the predictions the other day is, um, I wish I'd included it really, just to prove myself right, but I think that we're going to have a racism Me Too moment coming up soon, you know, because it's quite easily easy to happen. And I think that it's true that every non-white person in the UK would have a story to tell about racism, right? And there some of them be recent, some of them be going back further but you know when when that happens it's going to create this feeling like it did with me too you know that the, the, you know <laughs> in every fucking office in the country it's just men running around with their dicks out it, it's gonna create a, 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 an idea of, of of a hellish racist dystopia now will that be an accurate portrayal of the majority of the uk which is moving forward to greater integration uh, more interracial couples you know greater representation of non-white people at every level of life Maybe not, but I think it's something that we're going to have to to go through, you know. And it, it is weird when you look at, like, you know, that there are positives that are being overlooked. Like, when you look at a lot of the surveys about how the UK would feel about their son or daughter marrying a black person, it's not 100%, but it's a lot better than most European countries. And yet, it does get made to feel like there's nothing good going on here. And maybe Brexit has, has kind of skewed that idea for... The time being, but I think, like every, you know, like things with uh, homosexuality, the the curve will overwhelmingly be positive in the long term. So this is somebody that's wrote to me before, uh, David Price. Hello, Jeff. It's me again, Pricey, the scouser who lives in Newport, South Wales. Oh, you one of these like John Lennon? Uh, no, not fucking John Lennon. One of these scousers love Liverpool so much. You fucked off. <laughs> uh, not written you a letter for a while, so here's a question. What are your plans for Independence Day on the 31st of Jan? And are you bunging a bob for Big Ben to bong? Um, I luckily fell for the Ramona project of stockpiling in case of no deal. And I have 24 bottles of English sparkling wine to get through. Um, yeah, what am I going to do for... Well, the, the thing is, um, that is funny. That is funny, the idea about the, the stockpilers. You know, it's, it's just... I wonder if they're just, just hammering their way through loads of stuff now. Because the thing is, actually, the people in the best place to have a party are the remainers that stockpiled maybe this is where the maybe this is where the healing begins all the remainers they've got loads of uh, got loads of perishable you know <laughs> you know there's loads of uh, leavers that want a party you know ebony and ivory just just come together let's come together 
<laughs> May is right now throwing their fucking iPhones against the wall. Look, we're not ready for that. I, I, for me, I'm not going to have a party on that night because it was a political thing for me. It was again, it was like a pragmatic. I was offered the chance to leave the EU, and as I felt that we would never get that chance again, and look at the way it's gone down. They would <laughs> that that kind of referendum is almost never going to happen again. So I, I sort of thought it was it was almost riskier to stay in the EU. So I'm not really a big Ben Bong for Boris. One thing I would say is this festival of Brexit coming up is that there are already a few noises in the stand-up industry, you know, about like, well, yeah, I think this is a red line. People shouldn't perform at this, you know what I mean? Again, once again, presuming that all uh, comedians voted remain. And um, I wasn't going to perform at it because I thought it sounded, it, these kind of things are well, it's normally shit gigs for comics, to be honest. Not necessarily the festival I work. It's just really hard to get the stage in a comedy, right? But I'm not fucking being told what to do. I will, I'd like to announce right now, uh, if anyone is planning the festival of Brexit, just to piss off the comedians that are saying that no comedian should do it, I will do it for a fucking bargain bucket. There you go. That's my fee. No, make it. I'll make it even more. I'll do it for. Uh, I'll do it for a Bernard Matthews tur- turkey roast. What could be more British than that? Beautiful. Okay, so we haven't talked about men's mental health for a while, um, which is kind of symptomatic of. Um, of the way men talk about their mental health. Do you know, you know what I mean? Like, you kind of go, yeah, yeah, I fucking did some well good work on myself. I'm just going to fucking crack on now. None of that shit. It's maintenance, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? It's maintenance that's got to be done. It's a pain in the arse, though, as well. Like, you want to, you know, you just want to crack on with the year. You don't really want to get, because I started this year, and, you know, like, uh, there's, a, there's, there's issues from, from years gone by of people that are lost and all that stuff. And you just, you start the year, you know what I mean, you're bowling about, you got a bit of momentum and a bit of velocity, and you sort of think, hey, maybe this year, I'm not going to think about that stuff fucking ever. It's just such a naive point of view, and then just one little thing happens, you know what I mean, you're just watching some Pixar thing with your son, you get all choked up, you think, I don't think that I'm definitely choked up about that fucking nervous zebra getting his foot caught in a thing. I think this may be, <laughs> this may be symptomatic of a resurgence of, of certain ongoing things and that, maybe that's the challenge isn't it at the, be, at the beginning of the year is, is as much as you want to believe that it's a part of, of some sort of different era it's a new decade man it's a new decade it's a new me uh, it, it's not it's not it's a nice idea isn't it but you've got to keep doing the maintenance isn't it it's got to keep doing the maintenance on your mental health because it's like servicing a car and getting the, getting the oil changed that sort of thing you, you leave it do you know what I mean? You've got to change the spark plugs. You get fucking, you know, and like mechanics are like counsellors, aren't they? <laughs> you know, imagine if you, imagine if when you went to a counsellor, they um they did what a mechanic does, like pull, pulled that face off. Fucking, oh, that's gonna go. <laughs> like when you when you tell me how long it's been, uh, you know all the stuff that's happened. They're like, oh, gee, well, yeah, all right, we'll just you know bring her in, bring yourself in Thursday morning, um, and we'll see what we can do. Uh, it's an ongoing thing. It's a, it's a pain in the ass that it's ongoing. It bugs me that it's ongoing. I'm not going to sit here and say, like, this is my issue with men's mental health. I'm not going to say, like, it fucks me off having to keep an eye on it. I'd much rather I never had these these issues. I, I think it's a bit like, you know when you fill your car up, when you first start driving, I always thought when I filled my car up with petrol, I was always really pissed off that I'd have to do it again. That might sound like the dumbest thing I've ever said, but I was like, oh, what? I've got to do it again. I've got to keep stopping and filling it up and then you get to that moment where you're in the thing I never fucking clocked what pump I was on 
I never, I just never do that. I don't know. I'm just going to accept that that's something I'm never going to do. Yeah. One, what pump are you on, mate? Uh, 22 pounds, 17 pump. Do you ever, do you ever as well, like, you ever had that thing where late at night you're like, particularly if you're on a dual carriageway or something, and like, you know, 16 pumps or whatever, you're the only one on, and you get up to the night till, and they go, what pump are you on, mate? You go, well, I'm going to guess it's the only one showing money, mate. <laughs> it's the only one showing money. So, you know, if, you, if you're doing the journaling or if you're seeing counselling, you just got to... Just got to keep it up because that's the weird thing about the mind, isn't it? That it can be bubbling away. My thing is that I always have fucking weird dreams. And I know that people say, well, you know, no one gives a shit about someone else's dreams. But like, so I, it's hard to say because you're sort of making out you're a more complex person. But my, my dreams are, yeah, one thing I've noticed in my dreams is like, I tell jokes in my dreams if I haven't been doing comedy for a while. And I have to say, my um, my nighttime scriptwriter is, I mean, it's fucking fired. It's just useless. They're like, they're a level below dad jokes. It's pathetic, isn't it? I'm literally taking a tour around my own brain in my dream, seeking approval for my... Now this feels like fucking counselling, doesn't it? Look, it's a very simple thing. Is just just, just keep up the maintenance, isn't it? Just keep up the maintenance. Otherwise, the head gasket's going to go. It is the end of episode 24. As ever, I read out a couple of reviews that people have left kindly on uh, iTunes. And there's been a, there's quite a few five-star ones here, so let's have a look. Um, that bloke, Michael, from school, as you call yourself. It's great, and it has me chuckling up and down the roads of Dubai. But just because it's free, you can't give it two weeks between podcasts, Jeff. I fucking can't. I mean, that is like, you live in Dubai, you've probably got money. It's fucking, let's Patreon this. Okay, you fucking tax XR. Come on, Jeff, give us more volume and anecdotes about your dog barking at the Amazon delivery guy. Frankie Boyle once said he would never come to Dubai because it's full of Jeremy Clarkson's. Surely the ideal location for a new tour date, much better than Stourport. Whoa, don't shit on Stourport, man. That was a fucking low blow. Um, who else um, said Jolly Good? Okay, we got Jolly Good by F Chambers. Oh, yeah, it's Frank Chambers. Frank Chambers here. Hello, Frank Ch- I bet you've got a business card. Fucking old school. I like you, Frank. I don't even know if your name's Frank. Anyway, I just listened to the 23rd episode of this podcast, and it was just as good as the other 22. I was moved to write this review because, well, Jeff is a bit needy, isn't he? Uh, book my show, rate my performance. I mean, it's a brilliant podcast. It's funny whatever your politics are or your Brexit mental state. I love, I love, I like Frank because essentially, like he's like, I like it, but he's kind of dug me out in the middle about the constant appeals for love. Look, Frank, we can't all have to steady fucking mental health and regimented thing. Be honest, Frank, you're up at six, aren't you? You're up at six eating fucking muesli, listening to the Today programme on Radio 4. I'm not as organised as that, Frank. I want, I want to be more like you, uh, but, but thank you for the five-star review anyway. And thanks for using a phrase like jolly good, okay? Listen, man, that is uh, that does wrap up the podcast there. We're going to be back in, in a couple of weeks. I'm, uh, maybe I'm going to get a guest on. If there are people that you think would make a good guest on the show, I mean, be fucking realistic, yeah? But uh, but yeah, email me at whatmostpeoplethinkuk at gmail.com. And I think the next episode will be the last one before we leave the EU. So... Uh, so yeah, maybe let's get the let's get the bong out. You know what I mean? Bong is in bong is it not in the book. You know, bong, you know what I mean.